Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 10, Episode 31. This is Writing Excuses. How do I control the reader's sense of progress? 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Howard. I'm Mary. And I'm... Dan. Getting there eventually. <laughs> Uh, so this comes from one of my lectures, this idea of a sense of progress. It's one of my big things about pacing. And this month, we're going to be talking about pacing. Um, pacing is that method you use in your book to control the flow of time and the progress of your characters. Um, and we're going to break this concept down into these two topics. Uh, our next, po next podcast on pacing, we'll talk about controlling time flow. This one is about this idea that progress in your book is actually something ephemeral. It's something you have complete control over. If you think about it, you can make a moment pass in a thousand pages. You can do that if you want. You can take a thousand pages to write one day, or you can make a thousand years pass in one sentence. Conversely, as it relates directly to plot, if you want the characters to achieve something, you can just write that they do it. Or if you want them to fail infinitely, you can just keep having them fail. You have complete control over how fast the characters are able to achieve their goals. And part of your job as a writer is to create an illusion here, an illusion of difficult progress toward a goal so that you have a satisfying ending. Any conflict can be resolved in one sentence. And the two of them got together and put their differences aside. And the eagles picked up Frodo and flew him to Mount Doom. <laughs> and I think Tolkien used more than one sentence there, but yeah. Yes, no, I'm saying you could. As yep. a writer, you could do this. And Darth Vader had a heart attack, fell over, <laughs> and the Emperor died from grief. Um, I mean, you can, you can do this. So this is all about this idea of writer as a stage magician. You mm -hmm. are creating an illusion of moving toward a goal. How do we do this? Podcasters. I was like, oh, we're listening to Brandon's yeah, lecture. Right. <laughs> Keep talking, Dang. Brandon.
so what what you're reminding me of is is something that we run in uh, puppetry a lot, which is that we have control over the audience in two ways. One is that we are showing them the character's point of view, and then we're also showing them, um, you know, even in limited third person, we are making decisions about what they're doing. So we have total control over what they're seeing, which means that when we're looking at progress, mm-hmm. that part of the, one of the tools that we have for controlling the reader's perception of progress is the character's perception of progress. Excellent. That's, that's exactly how, one of the main ways you do this. If the characters feel like they're moving, the reader's going to feel like, oh, we're, we're moving towards something. If the characters feel like they are trapped and can't get anywhere, books actually run into problems here. In fact, books that I've loved, um, I'll talk to readers about, and they'll say, yeah, I loved it except for this one part. If you've ever had the, the discussion where like, yeah, they were trapped in the bog forever. Or, oh, they were in those tunnels. Um, one of my favorite books is um, by uh, Tad Williams. And the main character in the first book like gets trapped in the tunnels under the city. It's like five pages when I went back and looked at it. It's, but when I would describe it to my friends, I'm like, just skip those seven chapters because they're so boring. <laughs> it's because the character feels like they're not making any progress or headway mm-hmm. whatsoever that gets really frustrating to readers. I divide progress into two categories, and one is, one is plot progress, and the other is, for lack of a better term, it's like story or scene progress. It's, it's progress of the things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, a conversation that is interesting, but not directly related to the plot. And, you know, a good, fun, interesting conversation is going to draw you forward and is going to progress, even though it might not be progressing the plot very much. Now, you can't do that a whole lot. But if you are in a situation where, for instance, they have to cross, you know, a hundred leagues of bog and it's going to take a long time and you don't want to say... And they were very bored while they crossed 100 leagues of blog. Of, of blog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've read the, that blog. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, subscribe to the RSS feed. Um, the, that sentence is often boring enough to push people out of the book. Mm-hmm. Just one sentence. But if you put them in the bog and then they have an interesting conversation in which at some point they complain, you know, wow, this is, this is long and I'm wet and I'm miserable and uh, well, you know, at least you had a hot breakfast and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and it's fun, then we can actually have some, well, yes, some sense of progress. And I would take it e- even a step further than that, which is when we do something like that, we need to know why. Mm. Yes. Why is this character trapped? For five pages. Is it because I need this interesting conversation to happen and that's the best way to do it? Or is it because I want to demonstrate for character purposes how this character responds to failure? Yeah. Or, you know, why am I doing? What purpose does that have? When you know that, you can write towards that end. And the worst reason, and I get stuck with this all the time, the worst reason is I have the characters in position A and I can't cut straight to position B without people wondering how they got there. And the travel, the traverse from A to B is inherently, is inherently boring. How do I do this? Mm-hmm. That, that's a, it's a terrible place to be in. Yeah, and we'll talk about that some yes. more when we get into to how to deal with pacing. But I think with Dan's point, that, that knowing what the purpose of the scene is, that, mm-hmm. that it's actually okay and sometimes, I think, desirable to have a scene that serves two functions. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Every scene should do more than yeah, one if you yeah. can. So yeah. when, when we're talking about knowing the purpose of a scene and writing towards it, we aren't saying just have one purpose. 
but knowing that the primary purpose will help focus the thing that you absolutely must accomplish in this. Here, here's my favorite example of why a sense of progress can be so powerful in a book. Uh, one of my favorite books is Inferno by Jerry Pornell and um, the other guy who writes with him, who's awesome. Larry Niven. Larry Niven. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I was just at a con with Larry. So Larry Niven and Jerry Pornell. Great writers, science fiction. Um, Inferno is about a science fiction writer who falls out of a window at a party. He gets drunk and then dies and wakes up in hell. Okay? Um, he's in Dante's Inferno. And this story is a really loose connection of short stories, basically. They go to one place, they have a little bit of an adventure. And then they go to another place, have a little bit of adventure. Like, he'll pick up companions, and then they'll, they'll leave him, and things like this. Very episodic. And yet, I was ripping through that book. I had to read page to page. And at the end of it, I thought, why was I working so hard to rip my way through this book when it is just a loosely connected scent of, set of vignettes? Mm -hmm. And I realized key to that was actually the map in the front. Because the Inferno is done by Dante's big circle. And in the, the character starts at the edge of the circle and starts moving in toward the center. And each of these vignettes takes place one step closer to the center to the point that I'm like, I need to know what's in the center. I think Satan's in the center. What's going to happen when they run into Satan? It was wonderful. And it was all illusion because it's just this, now we're going to move here and have this adventure. They could have had all those adventures at the rim of the story, but the authors knew in order to make us pull through this whole story, they gave us a sense of progress toward a goal. And, and I think having that goal is, it's not, you, you can't have a sense of progress without having a goal. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're just wandering around lost. Yes, exactly. So when you're looking for, for you know, what Dan was talking about with the purpose and, and, and Brandon is saying, what you need to be doing is not just figuring out what is happening right now, mm -hmm. but what is the goal, both for your character and for the reader experience. Yeah. Let's when talk I read oh. Inferno, that is not the experience I had. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why is that the subtext that you're describing went right over my 17-year-old head. Mm -hmm. I I kept waiting for something, you know, to tell me right. where we were. And the thing that was going to tell me was the map in the front that I should have been paying more attention to. And see, to. I'm an epic fantasy reader. And so maps, <laughs> I pour over the maps. Yeah. And, I, and I think that book is made or bre broken by you wanting to know what happens in the center. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hmm. Let's stop for our book of the week, um, Time Salvagers. Howard, you're going to talk about this book. Yes, um, uh, Time Salvagers by or Time Salvager by Wes Chu. Uh, we've had him on the podcast before. Uh, I got to, I got to read an advanced copy of this book so that I could cover quote it, and I really enjoyed the book. Couldn't put it down, um, and I gave them several cover quotes, and they used one word from me, which was <laughs> gripping. And I'm going to read to you the actual quote. You're not bitter at all. Not bitter at all, but I need to make sure that you hear this. Gripping. I was able to put this book down anytime I wanted to, provided I also wanted an anxiety attack. Um, I always felt for the characters. I was, I was nervous for them. I wanted to know what was happening next, and so I kept turning pages. Um, only there wasn't the fatigue mm -hmm. that I often associate with that. Um, it's well worth reading, well worth having it read to you, audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. It's narrated by Kevin T. Collins, and we don't have a length for it yet because it, uh, as of this recording, it hasn't been released yet. Yeah, but it'll be out by the time you guys are hearing this. Yep. Great. Um, I actually just started reading some of Wes's work um, after having him on the podcast a couple times, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, so, sense of progress. I really think, personally, this comes down to something we talked about way at the beginning of the year, which is identifying the promises that you're making to readers. Um, and oftentimes, when a reader has problems with the pacing of a book, what's really happening is either you as a writer are, not, are fulfilling on the wrong promises, or you are not making significant progress, either backward or forward, on one of the promises that you made them at the beginning of the book. Yeah, and one of the things that I've heard from some readers, um, or listeners, excuse me, is that they aren't completely clear on what we mean when we hmm. are talking about promises. Good. Yeah, let's so talk this about that. Is, so this is a good t uh, th time mm -hmm. to revisit it because this is one of those places where you need to be clear on it because you're trying to reinforce those yes. things. So when we're talking about promises and, and progress, what we're specifically talking about are, are things you want the reader to feel from... A, so. Let me, let me back up one more time and make another stab at this. In a previous podcast, we had Cory Doctor on, mm -hmm. on, and we talked about how writing is basically hacking your brain. Yes. Uh, or reading is hacking your brain. So 
when you're making promises to the reader, what you're saying is, this is the effect this book is going to have on your brain. Yeah. Yeah, I look at two different types of promises. One is a tone promise. Yes. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the book, you should promise something. Mystery, excitement, romance, fear. You, in your first chapter, should be promising the reader, look, this is the feeling you're going to get. And then the other thing I look to promise is, this is what you're going to get to see happen. Mm -hmm. Um, If you introduce, I just watched um, uh, A Bug's Life, one of the early Pixar films. Introduces a little bug who is an inventor whose inventions are all going wrong and getting into trouble. That is an implicit promise to the re- to the, the viewer in that case, but the reader. Look, this guy that you like who's bumbling, it's going to get his act together, and one of his adventures is going to be really cool by the end. Mm-hmm. That's a promise to the reader. Um, when the bad guys show up, and you know, the, in that movie, it's uh, it's a bunch of grasshoppers who eat the food. The promise is we're going to beat these guys, and we're going to be self sufficient. And the thing about that that I'm going to point out is that tone affects the way yeah. the promise is perceived. Because mm-hmm. if we had seen Bumbling Inventor and it was a gritty noir sort of thing at the beginning, yes. the promise that we would then be expecting is that one of his inventions is going to go terribly wrong and kill everybody. Yeah, yeah, he's going mm-hmm. to summon Cthulhu so, accidentally. Right. Yeah. So, so there's an intersection mm-hmm. between these. So you need to understand that so that when you get to the middle and you're trying to fulfill these, trying to make sure that you're making progress towards yes. these things, that you know whether you are building towards uh, happily ever after Yes. Or, or yeah. doom. So, no, go. No, 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 go on. Okay, I, just yesterday on the plane, I finished the book Bolo Strike by William Keith. Have you guys ever heard of the Bolo series? Nope. They're uh, hard William SF. William Keith or Keith Laumer? Keith Laumer created the series, but William Keith oh, wrote okay. in it. Cool. Um, hard SF military science fiction about artificially intelligent tanks the size of buildings. Really, really cool stuff. And it's one of these tonal promises that gets made at the beginning because the first two pages of the book is just a it almost looks like a printout it's not fiction it's a scientific description of the star system and then the planet and then the moon orbiting it and you know in astronomical units how big it is what their tidal system will be like like everything and what that is telling you is that this is a book that focuses in on the scientific details. Hmm. And I realized halfway through this 400-page book that only two hours had passed because all of the scenes are described in incredible detail. It's not just, and then the tank shot. You know, it tells you what gun the tank shot and how long it took for the bullets to reach the target and how many joules of energy were transferred to the target. And... That gave it a very distinct sense of progress um, because you realize this is not the story of how the war is won. This is the story of the science behind it. This is, is you know, right. I'm here for the experience of reading this. Make sure when you're writing, I think with pacing, the number one thing you can do as new writers is learn to match the progress to your promises. Match if your if your reader is reading because they want two characters to hook up together, but your sense of progress is defeating the bad guy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. your reader's like, I don't really care about this. What about the characters? That's where you have this mismatch. Yeah. Um, if it's a mystery, if the, your promise is we're going to learn about this thing, but you take this big diversion in we're going to go traipsing across the desert, and you're like, yes, my sense of progress is then moving toward this point across the desert, but the reader's thinking, oh, but this cool mystery. 
you've got a, um, a mix match. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just watched, I just watched a National Treasure mm -hmm. yesterday, and it it's a fun meta exploration of the promises as regards pacing because in our opening scene with Nicolas Cage and uh, Always Dies, I forget his name, um, Game of Thrones. Uh, oh yeah, Sean dude, Bean. Sean Bean. Um, uh, we find a thing and it's not the treasure. And Sean Bean says, you told me this was gonna be the treasure. And he said, no, this is one of the clues that's gonna lead us to the treasure. You told me this was gonna be the treasure. And they have a fight. And what that sets up is, we as the reader recognize, oh, we're looking for a treasure, but there's gonna be lots of clues. Mm -hmm. And what some of the characters are frustrated with is, we're not making any progress because we haven't found the treasure yet. And that disconnect is part of what drives the story forward. I, I don't wanna make National Treasure sound like it's yeah. More brilliant than it really is, <laughs> but it was really interesting to look at that interplay. No, National yeah. Treasure is excellently paced. That's the, I mean, it's a fun movie. It is not Shakespeare, but the pacing is spot on in that movie. And they mm -hmm. know how to match their promises and expectations. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Okay, yeah, yeah. I get to see this happen. So, so listening to you guys talk about this, mm -hmm. it occurs to me, uh, going back to the Bolo book that I just read, um, the final act of that book had an incredible amount of tension to it because I had become accustomed to the speed of progress mm. and I looked at the number of pages left and thought there's no way they're going to wrap this up. There's no possible way, given how long it takes him to describe a battle, that they're going to be able to win before this book is over. And so the pacing in that sense really ratcheted up the tension as I kept trying to think, well, what is it going to be? It has to be something scientific given the genre. And it added a lot to it. Excellent. Dan, you've got our homework this week. You're going to talk about a magnified moment. Absolutely. This is, a, uh, this is an exercise that I use when I talk about suspense and how to write suspense. But it applies really well to this sense of progress. The idea is that the amount of time you dedicate to a topic can signal to your readers how important that topic is. Mm -hmm. And so what I want you to do is you are going to write, someone gets out of bed, walks across the floor, and opens the door. But you're going to take at least two pages to do that. You have to dig deep into all of the senses. What are they hearing? What are they, you know, what noise are they making or trying not to make? And the amount of detail that you put into that can signal all by itself that something incredibly tense is happening uh, because otherwise he would just walk across the door. The fact that we are taking two pages to do it is going to add so much weight. So I already want to know what's behind the door, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. I'm behind the door, Howard. <laughs>
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.